today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Romans. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com And if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now. Let me invite you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn with us, because I know it's going to be a blessing to you. Turn in your Bibles tonight, if you will, to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Move down, if you will, to verse 19. We'll pick it up there. Romans 3, verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law. Now, the Jews claim to be keeping the law. When they really won't, Paul pointed that out in the second chapter of Romans. Some of the Jews thought that they were so good that the only reason God gave them the law and entrusted them with it was to give it to the Gentiles. But Paul is saying, hey, y'all, look, you're under the law. And it applies to you, too. Just because God has given you the law and he's entrusted you with it, Uh, That don't mean that you're exempt from it. He went on to say that God gave the law so that every mouth may be stopped. So it, it wasn't just for the Jews, it was for the Gentiles too. Now, their claim was that God didn't give them the law and they were ignorant of it. So they were trying to use ignorance as an excuse. But ignorance is no excuse because it had been given to them, uh, their ignorance was a willful ignorance. They didn't want to know. Paul said in the first chapter of Romans, uh, in verse uh, 21, he said, because that when they knew God, Haven, if you will, pull that up. Oh, you already got it. She's ahead of me. Good deal. Paul said they're without excuse because that when they knew God, in other words, they had heard of God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, to birds, to four-footed beasts, and creeping Things They didn't want the God of the Bible. They had the opportunity to know about him. They had heard about him. They heard that he was a God of holiness and righteousness, and that's what um, he demanded. But they didn't want that, so they made up a God of their own making. And that's what it says there, changed the glory to uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man. They did that because they wanted to continue living in their sin and and so forth. The latter half of verse 19, Romans chapter 3, 
We'll look at that phrase. All the world may become guilty before God. The law was also given to show man that he was a sinner. And because of that, every single human being who's ever lived, alive now, or ever will be uh, alive, is guilty before God. Verse 20 says, Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Sin is more than just an act that we commit. It's more than that. Sin is the very nature of the human being. It's the proclivity, that drive within us to do that which is wrong. We're all born with it. The very presence of the sin nature is enough to separate us from God. Now, think about that. The very presence of the sin nature within our lives is enough to separate us from God. And that means that there's no deed or work that we can do to gain favor with God. There's nothing we can do to be justified in His sight. The law was not intended to justify. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. That's the next portion there, verse 20. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. The law was given to show man that he was a sinner and to identify what sin was. Now, in verse 21, Romans 3, 21, but now, notice that, but now, since Jesus came, since Jesus came into the world, lived a perfect life, died on Calvary's cross, raised from the dead, and is now ascended unto the Father, and seated by the right hand of the Father, since that has now taken place, The righteousness of God without the law is manifested. The righteousness of God is what is required if you're going to make heaven your home. The Bible says, without holiness, no man shall see God. We have no righteousness, as Paul has already proven. If you look up at verses 10 through 18, we've already spent a couple of weeks on that. Verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. But now the righteousness of God is manifested. It's been made available to all of us who will believe. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Take a look at that portion of verse 21. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. A witness is one that gives testimony. The law is a witness to this, and the prophets is also witness this. Uh, the first one we have is in Genesis 15 and verse 6. Genesis 15 and verse 6. And he, speaking of Abraham... Believed in the Lord, and he, talking about God, counted it unto him, Abraham, for righteousness. There it is. For Abraham believed in the Lord, and the Lord accounted it unto Abraham for righteousness. Another one that's found in the Old Testament law is Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4. 
Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Take a look at that. But the just shall live by his faith. All right, if you will, go back to Romans 3, 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. It's now been made available to all of us. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets, in other words, it's found in the Old Testament, even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ. Now, how simple is that? That's so simple a child can understand it. Unto all and upon all them that believe. Now, there are several things that are said here. First of all, it's for all people. God has only one way of salvation. That's by faith in Jesus Christ, who he is and what he did. Secondly, faith is the key. Now, a lot of people believe Christ and his work on the cross as a historical fact. It's been proven. They believe it because the history books tell us that. But as far as actually taking it and applying it to their personal lives, they've not done that. So that is not the faith that God is talking about. You've got to believe it. You've got to apply it to your own personal life. Uh, you know, and I know there's some people that say, well, I ain't that bad, you know. I ain't so bad that God had to die for me. I do pretty good. I ain't bad as this guy over here. Now, he may need it, but I don't need it. Let me tell you something. We all need it. <laughs> no exceptions. We all need uh, the righteousness of God. We all need what Jesus did for us at the cross. No exception. It makes no difference who you are. And that's what Paul said. For there is no difference. Why is there no difference? Well, take a look at verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Mark that verse in your Bible when you're witnessing to someone. You need to share that with them. I ain't as bad as that guy over there. Well, I ain't never done that. Don't matter. All have sinned. Every single one of us have that sin nature. And that right there is enough to disqualify you for heaven. All right. So it makes no difference who it is, whether it's a Jew or a Gentile. All have sinned. We've all got the sin nature driving us toward acts of sin. But the moment we place our faith in Christ and what he did for us at the cross, we're forgiven of all our sins. The righteousness of God is then placed into our account. And we are then justified, just if I'd never sinned. Glory. We're cleared of all the charges. Jesus dropped the charges. The old account was settled long ago. We sing a song, he set me free, he set me free. He broke the bonds of prison. For me, I'm glory bound, my Jesus to see. Glory to God, he set me free.
Now, we're not free to just go and live any old way. When the Lord saved us and set us free, he set us free so that we could live for him. Paul said, Romans 12, verse 1, Haven, if you will pull that up. Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. When you think of all that God has done for us, He's not asking anything unreasonable. I think it's our reasonable service, as Paul said. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that which is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. We're to do, through and by the power of the Holy Spirit, and the best of our ability to do the will of God. But sadly, we come short. As the Scripture says, we fall short of the glory of God. That's why, Haven, if you will, go back to Romans 3, verse 24. It says, we are being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Notice that. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We're declared innocent of all the charges. But due to our shortcomings, we're being justified freely by His grace. It's a process that all of us as Christians have to go through and we'll continue to go through this process until we die or the rapture takes place. No exceptions. We're being justified. All right. There are several words in this verse that we need to take a look at and uh, define. The first word I want you to look at in that verse is being. Being. It's used in this verse in such a way, uh, it means that there's an ongoing process. And we've already alluded to that. The second word in that verse is justified. We've already taken a look at that. It means not guilty, to be declared innocent of all the charges. Like I said, just if I'd never sinned. That's justified. The next word in that verse is freely. Freely. It means to be given without money, without price. That means it's a gift from God. Freely. It also tells us the way in which it must be received. It cannot be earned. If anyone tries to earn it, then they're disqualified. The whole thing is made null and void if you try to earn this of which God is trying to give us. Being justified freely by His grace. Take a look at that word. Grace means unmerited favor. The goodness of God extended to undeserving people. 
most understand grace as umbrella grace, in which all of mankind has sinned, and God sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die for our sins. That's by the grace of God, and we didn't do anything to deserve that. We do nothing to earn that. Freely given by his grace. Now, the other word I want to take a look at for grace is a Greek word known as charis. Charis. We have grace as it pertains to the sinners out here in the world being able to come to God through faith, through grace, and get saved. But you and I need the grace of God on a daily basis in order to live like we ought to live. We need that grace. We need that charis. Now, charis is defined this way. It's the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. So the world out here needs umbrella grace in order to get saved. You and I that are already saved, we need the grace of God in order to live right, which is the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. The moment you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes inside, and He changes your heart. He changes your desires. It happened immediately, the moment of salvation. But there is a continual changing of the heart. You ain't as you ought to be. I'm not as I ought to be. There are still things there that are not right. And God points them out. And he says, don't do it that way. Do it this way. And it takes time. And that's cherished. That's the grace of God working within the heart and life of the believer, the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. We are influenced by the people we hang around. If you hang around a bad influence, it's going to rub off on you. If you hang around God and you develop your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you are in a good relationship. You're under a good Influence, a divine influence. It's a, div in, it's a divine influence upon your heart, and then it'll come outwardly. People will be able to see those changes in your life. All right. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption. Through the redemption. There are three Greek words used to define the word redemption. And we're going to take a look at these. Agorazo. Agorazo. That means to buy in the slave market. Christ bought us in the slave market of sin by his own precious blood. Now, we don't normally think of ourselves as being slaves, but that's what we were. Prior to salvation, we were slaves to sin. And Satan, Satan had control. Whatever the sin nature drove us to do, that's what we did. We got millions in the world today that are slaves to drugs and alcohol and pornography and anger. And the list just goes on and on and on. They're slaves to sin. But 
Agorazo means to bind the slave market. Jesus Christ came into the world and he paid the price. He bought us out of that. He, he came into the world and bought us in the slave market. The next word is exagorazo. It means to buy out of the slave market. Now what does that mean? It means that we're never to be put up for sale as a slave ever again. You think of that. Not only did he come into the world and buy us out of the slave market while we were in the slave market, but he bought us out of it never to go back into it again. The next word for redemption is le true. Le true. It means to be set free by paying a price. To be set free by paying a price. We're set free from sin and free to live a life that's pleasing to God in the power of the Holy Spirit. Plus, the price that was paid was of such an extent that no one will ever be able to say that the price that was paid was not enough. When Jesus said, it is finished, God said, that's enough. Now you think of that. He paid the ultimate price for our redemption. All right, Romans three twenty four. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That right there plainly tells us that salvation is in Christ Jesus. And that there is no other and that we need no other. Plainly tells you right there. All right, verse 25. Romans 3, verse 25. Whom God has set forth. That means to be set forth and looked at in public view of all. God did not do this thing behind the scenes. He did not do it in secret. It was done out in the open. The life of Christ was in the open. His ministry was in the open. He taught out in the open. When he died on Calvary, it was out in the open for everyone to see. Even his resurrection was done in full view of the public. He told them, he said, if you destroy this temple, speaking of his physical body, he said, in three days, I'll raise it up again. When Jesus was resurrected from the dead, many of the people saw him alive after his resurrection. So our redemption is in full view, full public view for everyone to see. God has not hidden anything from us. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. Now, what in the world does that mean? It means to make an atonement for reconciliation. It's the act of getting rid of sin which has come between God and man. The act of getting rid of sin, which has come between God and man. And it's done through faith in his 
blood. Again, faith is the key. Faith is the only currency that God will recognize. But it has to be faith in his blood. And his blood was shed at Calvary's cross. Whom God has set forth to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Now, there's a whole lot more that can be said uh, in the latter part of that verse. And I'm just not going to take the time to get into it tonight. We'll look at that next week. The program today has been a blessing to you. We hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you. Music